back on Skywatchers Radio here on PSN, the Soup Media Network. Welcome back, everybody. We're off and running here with the stories based on ufology, and we have a couple more articles here to talk about before uh-huh. we wrap up, which we only have about 40 minutes left. So uh, let's jump right into this. I'm going to jump on one that I was looking at here. It was kind of distracting me as we were talking in between the break. Uh, this is actually a very short article. It's not really uh, anything out of this uh, world, you know, cool or anything, but it has a, a picture on it, which is pretty intriguing. It says here, uh, this is somebody who actually took a photograph, I guess, on their camera, and uh, they, they said, uh, let me develop and see what it looks like. And uh, it's pretty pretty interesting. They, they don't know if they initially caught a UFO or a bird, or could it be the moon? What the hell is this thing? This is actually photographed taken over Christmas, and uh, they said they, they suddenly thought at first it was a UFO, but it looks like the moon to me. But let me go ahead and post a link here, see what you guys think of this. I think it looks like the moon, and it's a very odd-looking shape for the moon, but uh, pretty interesting and nonetheless. There is a closer <laughs> view to it on the bottom on there. It looks almost like the moon. Bless you, Dennis. It looks like the moon with wings on it, which, I don't know, man. Remember Nibiru was supposed to be the winged planet? That's kind of what it looks like to me. But uh, it, check it, that out. That's the link on there. It, what it looks like to me is the moon. Uh, uh, yeah, it's the moon above the sun. It looks like yep. the moon uh, with, with the uh, atmosphere refraction causing the causing it to yeah, look it's like called, that. Yeah. Actually, it's called a sun dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really well, I, I was just that's thinking what it's called a sun dog. Yeah, I was just fixing to say I saw many of them when I lived in Alaska. They're very prevalent up there in the wintertime. It's because of the cold air hitting the uh, warm air. Yeah, it's a temperature inversion phenomenon. Right, exactly. And and like I say, there are a lot of them in Alaska, and I've seen many of them up there. So that's exactly what it is. Now, the reason I brought up the whole uh, winged planet theory with uh, Planet X... uh, could be that maybe throughout history where they actually were looking up in the sky and seeing as a winged planet was just a moon having this same a moon dog could be yeah possible dog, yeah possible possible but yeah. but like i say in alaska moon dogs are very prevalent and it sometimes they even uh, look like a double moon and i believe sometimes that's the report of of, of of them seeing two suns because you see the sun coming up just as you see the moon dog and that might be why they thought it was two suns. Sun dog. Oh, yeah, kind of so. like, uh, kind of like uh, Luke in Star Wars when he's uh, walking out of the uh, hut in Tatooine, and uh, he looks up and you see the two suns in the background, something like that, or right. something like not, that. Yeah. Not as, uh, not as bright, probably. Well, that was, you know, that was not all as big either. No. Yeah. yeah, the uh, a sun dog basically there's just a tiny little bit of moisture in the atmosphere. And right. because of that, there's also a major temperature inversion, right? major temperature differential in the atmosphere. So right. it, basically it forms a lens, and it it can actually be a lot brighter than what this depicts. And I expect real, when uh, they were looking at it with the naked eye, it was probably even a lot more prevalent, except that he said he didn't notice it when he took the picture. Right. Which isn't all that yeah, unusual but- either. No. The amazing like, thing is uh, here that uh, this is reported as the person saying, oh, could it be a UFO? Why is it that's the first thing people jump to that conclusion? Oh, could it be a UFO? Because everybody, a, won't, because everybody wants to see one, I believe. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's the truth. Yeah. Well, let's look at Google Analytics uh, and search histories. How many people search for sundogs and how many yeah. people <laughs> search for UFOs? Right. Proven point. That's, uh, yeah, that proves it right there. That's Like I say, up in Alaska, they're so common, they don't even report them in the news, unless they're real beautiful looking, and then they report them as what they are, you know. Yeah, I have seen as many as three dog. or four at a time, you know. It's, wow. It's well, pretty rare, but it does happen. Well, speaking of Florida, here's a story from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Segways are nice. <laughs> uh, yes, Wellington. And this is from, this is from actually the Palm Beach Post News, which is one of the richer areas of Florida. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, a paradise for retirees with a lot of bucks. Wellington West Palm Beach UFO sightings were probably floating lanterns, experts say. Glowing orange and red lights floating across parts of 
Florida sky New Year's weekend included in the Wellington and West Palm Beach areas, setting off a state of wonderment amongst witnesses. And maybe I can get Jacqueline to throw a picture, throw the site up for those in the chat room. Uh, but those UFOs weren't so unidentified after all. The drifting bulbs and streaks were probably floating lanterns, said Brian Vike, founder of the paranormal blog The Vike Factor, which fielded about 250 emails, 30 or so from Florida, noting the strange sightings worldwide. They're all lit up and glowing, like I said. They go up and down and sideways, so it looks pretty weird. A woman and her fiancé saw two Red-orange lights float over them while taking a walk in Wellington around 6.55 January the 1st, the blog showed. A West Palm Beach resident saw four red lights spread equally apart coming in from the south heading north at about 10.30 p.m. on New Year's Eve, according to the blog. Wellington resident Carol Coleman spotted a reddish, orangish, yellowish glow at perhaps 6.30 p.m. January 1st, but didn't think much of it other than noting it was strange. It reminded me of the tales of firecrackers, said Coleman, who didn't write to the Vike report. Massachusetts resident Brian Maldy and his wife spotted similar floating orbs of red on New Year's Eve in Fort Myers. The couple had a pretty good idea of what they of what flew slowly above because they have set off paper lanterns in Cape Cod. If you don't know what the thing is, you're going to think it's a UFO, Bildy said. A couple of them up there gave it an eerie feel. The lanterns are often made of a flame-retorted paper similar to a paper bag in the opening which faces the ground. A wire frame holds a candle. The frame heats the inside of the bag, making it glow like a lantern. The heat causes the lantern to rise like a tiny hot air balloon up to about 5,000 feet, Bildy said. When the fame dies and the bag cools, it floats back down. Mike said he's fairly certain people spotted floating lanterns over the weekend. In fact, many wrote to him later confirming it. Here's some good stuff out there that you can't explain, but this is probably the lanterns, Mike said. So don't you guys that are listening to us all run out and get uh, uh, paper bags and start sending them up. We don't need all these phony reports. But they do look nice. I've seen them before. Extra large contractors' trash bags. He right. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks, thanks for telling them what to buy there, Rick. There you go. <laughs> and wire coat hangers make great uh, wire frames to put your little candle in. <laughs> you know, it's funny how, how many people don't know about the uh, Chinese lanterns and uh, and how the, you know people are mistaking them for UFOs. I had a friend of mine who uh, was reading a report of some alien, you know, some UFOs uh, overseas, uh, <laughs> over in China, actually. And he was telling me how he thinks China is going to become a hotspot for UFOs because there's so many reports coming out of there. And I asked him if he knew about the Chinese lanterns. He had no idea what Chinese lanterns were. And when I told him, read this report, bro, and I started giving him a couple of reports, he was literally like saying, oh, my God, that's exactly what people are looking at. <laughs> I mean, the description of the of the lanterns are pretty much almost identical to the description of all the UFOs the people in China and other, in some of these countries are, and, are you know, and, giving for what they're seeing. Well, and, that, and, and, and also it must be noted that Chinese have been sending up lanterns from the holidays. Of course, that's not their new year. But it's pretty well worldwide New Year nowadays. Have been sitting up lanterns into the sky on holidays since uh, before you know before hell even before I was born. Before Marco Polo was born. <laughs> right. In fact, he talks about it. In fact, if you'll read his journeys, the book of his journeys, and I can't call recall the name, but I'm sure Rick can. You'll find that he tells about sitting up uh, lit lanterns. In his book, you yep. know, that he wrote back with. So, they're nothing new, 13, but, but hey, and that picture. Four, I think. Yeah, 1300s. They're nothing new, but that picture is beautiful, and, and I would love to see something like that myself. Large contractors. I, I, me too. Flash bags. Well, I'm not going to send them up. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to send it up because there's enough people in here in Jacksonville well, it might be a good idea. Maybe they'd pack their bags and move out. We want to move. 
Hey, hey you're, you know, you're on the air uh, there, Marsha. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you ever want to get a little bit of publicity for uh, for the network here, we could start uh, hoaxing a few of these uh, balloons and uh, start getting a little recognition by re- you know reporting them and recording them. <laughs> <laughs> over the internet. That's one way of getting publicity nowadays. Look yeah. what happened with Balloon Boy. They became national celebrities. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll set Marsha up in a balloon. <laughs> there you go. Put Marsha in one of these balloons. Put Marsha in a balloon with the cat. Papa, our cat. Then it'll go oh, up. there you go. Better yet, I'll just sit here and talk about it. No, I don't know. One time uh, he was sick, and a friend of ours had, had given his cat half a volume. To calm him down for a reason, and our cat was—I uh, forget what it was—but we gave him a volume, and <laughs> he got high and was bouncing off the wall, trying to walk, and he gave us the dirtiest look you ever seen in your life. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> he, just mean. He knew what we'd done, you know. Well, we were trying to be nice, but but if I set him up in a balloon, he he might disappear. Of course, that'll save on cat food and treats. Yeah. <laughs> you know what would be a, a kind of a neat thing to actually try, and, I, and I've seen a few people do this and be successful. Actually, try to launch a balloon that tries to make it all the way to like you know almost space, and right. have a camera recording the whole thing, so you could try to see you know as it goes up and it actually reaches you know that the highest it can reach, and then it comes back down. You can see the entire thing. Uh, there's a not too long ago there was somebody who actually launched a, a camera with a, uh, with a balloon with a camera on it and uh, they did just that and the footage was amazing I mean what they were able to capture <laughs> obviously they didn't see any alien ships flying around there was mm-hmm. you don't even see satellites well, in space or anything like you, that but do you, you remember the, the guy the do, do you remember the guy way. that hooked a bunch of balloons to his lawn chair <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah he did that several times too he didn't do that just once he did it like three or four times at one yeah. point his wife was like yep. yeah sometimes I, know, I don't think yeah, he's he, around because he you know I, I don't even bother anymore because I know he's up there somewhere <laughs> Just floating around. He finally quit after he was charged with a felony. And he, and he made that list. Well, what is it, the list of the stupidest things? Or what, what is that list, Rick? You talk well, about. He, he got an honorable mention in the Darwin Awards. The Darwin Awards. Yeah. 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 That was quite a... But he life. lived through it. Therefore, he can't really um, claim... He can't really win. He, can he, got a lot of, he, he got in a lot of trouble, too, didn't he? Yeah, well, he but it, got a felony. It might be fun, though. <laughs> hey, think, but think about this. He, he didn't have a parachute or anything like that. I mean, it Nothing. wasn't like he was going up there with safety or anything. He was just sitting on his lawn chair full of balloons and uh, floating. That's pretty Yeah, that's just and the way, well, the way he brought himself down, if I remember right, was he used a BB gun. Popping to balloons. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> first time around, he got scared. He didn't know if he could shoot just one balloon, and he didn't know what would happen if he hit two. So, <laughs> so he he refrained from trying to adjust his altitude, and he was up there at an altitude that was dangerous without oxygen. <laughs> it was also in a flight path, so he was. That's why he ended up with a felony. Uh, so, you, so if you're going to do that, uh, make sure you're not in a flight path, or call the. Uh, it's called the uh, local airport and tell them you're up there. <laughs> or or better, yeah, don't be a jack. Is if, if you want to try it, just go ahead and tether the thing so that you don't float yeah. off into the <laughs> plane. Or yeah, even but, better, don't be, a, don't be a jackass on the lawnmower or, or on, a, on a lawn chair and a bunch of balloons. Just send a little camera up there. If you really want to see what it looks like, you know, don't risk your life to try to you know, sit on, on the lawn chair and float into the sky. That's just bananas. Yeah, Rick has plans for a, uh, uh, a glider or a, a very small aircraft that to put a camera on and set it up. He just hadn't built it yet. Right. I will, eventually. Cool. Yeah, it'll go a couple thousand feet, and it, it weighs mere ounces, and yet it can hold up a two-liter Coke bottle. Wow. Full. Nice. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So... Quite a payload, an amazing payload. Wow. Yes, yeah, so you can definitely put a little uh, digital camera that's practically weightless on it. Yep. You can, you can put a pretty heavy one. It used the same camera that yeah. I use, which is a, a uh, Canon uh, uh, Shot, and it's a pretty big camera, actually. It's, almost, it's the same size as the one that used to uh, have the old 35mm. Uh, 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 now, of course, in order to get this thing back, you'd have to put a, a nice GPS on it. Oh, yeah. Actually track oh, yeah. it. If Marcia, not, actually, the balloon's gone. That's part of the Mar- kit. 
Yeah, that, that's built in. That's part of the kit. Marcia, oh, just fly it? right okay. back to you. Yeah, Marcia, oh, nice. Marcia, Marcia just handed me a note. She reminded me of a local uh, uh, radio station here, WKRP, uh, was throwing chickens <laughs> out of an airplane on Easter. Yeah, oh, that was man. WKRP <laughs> in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throwing chickens out of an airplane. <laughs> I mean, turkey. Hey, yeah. that, at least that <laughs> is kind of watch it related. Kind what do you of, expect? They're in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, WKRP news anchor less than yeah. this one. I remember that uh, WKRP. Uh, uh, no, what I was going to say is about the turkeys. Uh, you know that that should be a crime because the turkey should be the uh, American bird instead of the eagle. I believe. Oh, I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, but eagle really taste be... is good. Yeah, and you really want to have the the symbol be a turkey. You bunch of well, turkeys. Hey, we got we got plenty of turkeys in the capital, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Let's throw them out of an airplane. <laughs> With no apparent. Actually, you know what? I don't I don't think they're a bunch of turkeys. I think they're a bunch of lame ducks. That's yeah. what they are. Most of them are a bunch of vultures, but that's another story. Well, that's another story, yeah. They they're a bunch of banditos is what I call them nowadays. They're listening to banditos. So. Scum buckets. But uh, moving on here, guys, we have another uh, item here. And uh, this is, uh, again, reported today. And this is coming out of SalemNews.com. Now, it says here, uh, this is an unexplained UFO mystery over Salem Flying Triangle. Is uh, the article headline here. It says, the craft was quietly defied all rational explanation. And uh, they say the UFO reported in 1988 here in Salem, Oregon, in pursuit of an explanation for it. They formed a theory, and they actually are trying to look for open-minded people to try to help, I guess, with the theory and try to figure out what the object was. They have a couple pictures on here. I think this is a Photoshopped uh, picture of it, obviously. But uh, it's a pretty neat article. It says, uh, it's frequently proposed that we have uh, that we have sense that can't be explained by conventional wisdom, but these abilities appear to fade with continued exposure to cynical viewpoints. Indeed, my wife and I did, didn't want to believe that we had witnessed uh, being practical or- organians, organians, our mind, is that really a word, organians? Our mind reeled with the possibilities <laughs> That they were unleashed by the occurrence. Now, this is, uh, of course, the public uh, become became very aware in 1947 after the crash at Roswell of the whole phenomenon, even though it was already popular at the time. But you know, it became a worldwide type of phenomenon from that point on. Now, they're citing this is from 1988, but they're saying that the triangle they saw has been reported seen also in the West Coast, including Las Vegas and a bunch of other places. Of course, Art Bell saw a triangle back. Uh, 20 some years ago and probably a little bit longer than that and uh, there's even a sighting that goes back to 1947 itself the time of the Roswell crash the sighting was by pilot Kenneth Arnold as everybody knows and uh, it was by Mount Rainier even during World War II pilots reported aerial anomalies which included Foo Fighters of course and a lot of them reported triangle shaped objects back then and now they're trying to I guess come up with some sort of explanation for the object they saw in 1988 and they're trying to correlate it to what Kenneth Arnold saw interesting article from uh, selling news I'm gonna post the link here in the chat room I don't know if you guys have read this but uh, the description just another is report. nothing like Arnold's description though yeah uh, but Arnold if you wanna if you of course you've got to get an older book but if you if you uh, get the very first book that was published by uh, uh, Kenneth Arnold and Ray Palmer. Uh, there's a picture on the cover, and you could go to. I, I can't remember the book. Rick will have to help me out. But uh, there's, saucers are real. Yeah, fried saucers are real. If you go to Amazon, you can see a picture, and there's an exact, exactly what he saw. And it was a, it was a saucer shape till it came to the tail, and then it was sort of a, uh, a couple Almost of beads. triangular. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah it, 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 with it a round front. Delta, though. It was a delta shape with a round front, yeah. right? So if you want well, to that's see... Simil- the- that's, that's similar to the object that's being depicted here, or the photographed, uh, photoshopped object. Uh, yeah, it's similar to what you're, you're, you're saying. That. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, well, different time period probably also. 1947, right. 1988, you know, advanced yeah. technologies probably. Uh, advanced, right. 
But uh, he, but you can see what his what his has been mistakenly called a disc. If you go look at the cover of uh, uh, what was it, Rick? I'm sorry, I forget. Flying saucers are real. Flying saucers, saucers are real. real. By Kenneth Arnold and Ray Palmer. You'll see on the cover of that book uh, what he saw exactly because him and Ray Palmer. He endorsed it right down to the to the greatest detail. He didn't draw it himself, but he endorsed it. Said, yeah, he. Yeah, he described and it he to saw, an artist. Right, but he saw nine of them at once. Right. And and the, and the term flying saucer grew out of his description because he said it looked like saucer skipping across the top of the lake. Right, it was the description top, top of water. It was the description right, of yeah. it was the description of the action, not the machine that he saw that was right. right was flying saucer. But even the the crashed uh, saucer, I guess you could, if we could call it that, at Roswell, some people are reporting that it wasn't even saucer shaped; that it was a different right. shape altogether. No, so I believe egg shape is the most common description. Egg shape, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, you know that that was if if anything, if there was a crash. Now, according to uh, Dodge Schmidt's uh, research, you know, it hit and skipped across a couple of times, and. Uh, it it could have looked just like uh, uh, what Arnold saw, except the rear end uh, hitting might have destroyed that, so that the two thirds left or whatever looked like a round saucer. Yeah, right. Now That's let's possible. look back here. Kenneth Arnold's sighting was in 1947. The Lockheed SR-71 Blackbird uh, looks similar to the report of Kenneth Arnold's uh, object. You know, it's not exact, but it looks very yeah. similar. Yeah, yeah, it's not exactly, but it's kind of similar. What looks If you're looking at an object, you know, say in 1947 to one, you know, two, three decades later, you know, the the advancement in the two objects are going to be obviously, obviously, not only in the mechanics but also in the bodies of the object. So you might be looking at an yeah. advanced object in the Blackbird, you know, a more advanced object than what was seen by Kenneth Arnold, which might have been one of the earlier objects created or back-engineered or whatever it was. A lot of these objects that we see, a lot of these, uh, you know, aircrafts that we have, like the stealth bomber and all these objects, you know, that are, you know, officially declassified, you know, aircrafts now were at one point being test flown and people were mistaking them for UFOs because they yes. didn't know what the hell they were. So you the know, these things were mistaken all the time. The ones that was most likely looking like a flying saucer was the flying flapjack, but uh, that that wasn't right. developed until the fifties, and and it didn't last long because it didn't work. Because it didn't fly well. <laughs> That's what I said. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, the the forerunner to the SR seventy one Blackbird was the YF twelve, and notice it never did have an X designation. It was never, it never had an experimental aircraft designation. It right. went directly from its plans to the reconnaissance. Uh, I'm sorry, to the interceptor version, the YF-12. Right. And then they decided they could not afford to fly interceptors that ate that much gas, or and there wasn't much point in flying that high to intercept aircraft, which made the question of okay, what were you trying to intercept at eighty thousand feet if there was nothing up there? But Nevertheless, the SR-71, thank you, Francis Kelly Johnson, is still a record-holding aircraft for speed, for altitude, for all kinds of crap. So, again, yeah. thank you, Francis Kelly Johnson. Well, you know, and I'm, 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 uh, my mind is conspiratorial, so I've always felt that the Kenneth Arnold sightings were actually a cover-up cover up for the Murray Island sightings, which happened uh, a, a few days before that, where they collected actual metal, and uh, the uh, Air Force or Army Air Force at that time, intelligence people came, collected all of it except for a small box that was sent to Ray Palmer by Kenneth Arnold, and uh, the plane carried it back to uh, one of the Air Force Started bases. Back. Yeah, start, crashed into a mountain and. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, speculation about that. They never, they say they never recovered the metal from the aircraft. That they discovered, they they recovered the bodies. And it seems to me that if an aircraft ca crashes that is carrying material 
back for the study that they would have gathered up the material also. So a lot of, lot of, lot of stuff there. Of course, uh, one of the gentlemen who uh, reported the Murray Island uh, cra- uh, dropping of metal uh, ended up in uh, Daly Plaza when John Kennedy was killed, but that's another story. Yeah, that's there are too, way too many coincidences on that one. <laughs> I know it. But the the whole Murray Island thing was unique because there were injuries on the surface due to this right. dropped molten metal. Right. The little boy got hurt and the dog got killed. Yeah, and the boat caught on fire. That's right, and they had proof oh, of that. Yeah, Murray Island. And to Bill be, Burns and his crew for UFO hunters went out there and they they sent one diver down for 30 minutes to do a survey to find metal. It's like, really? Um, <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't you do? You know, wouldn't shouldn't you really be a little more thorough than thorough. that, Bill? Sorry, yeah, you think? And uh, and and, well, and, well, and what Palmer, kind of budget were they right. were they working with? That might have been the reason why. They yeah, were, right. They had, uh-huh. half, they had yeah. half a shoestring on that one. Yeah, yeah. And and, and Ray Palmer, Ray Palmer's box of uh, metal was uh, uh, sent to the laboratory, and the findings can be found in that book we mentioned early. Uh, the whole story of Murray Island is in there, and it hadn't been told good since. And well, there's one called the Murray Island Incident uh, by I forget who by that's pretty good, but it mainly follows the gentleman who ended up in Daly Plaza. But uh, his box of material, according to a phone conversation I had with Marjorie Palmer, who was his wife, was stored in, in the garage with all the original copies of Fate Magazine, Flying Saucer Magazine, and all the magazines he put out, Hit World, and somebody, uh, she saw him from the house, just walk into the garage and take everything out, and one of the things they took was those boxes of metal. Nobody knows who those people were after his death. Wow. Crying shame. Yep, and that's first-hand uh, reporting. Actually, Hit Worlds, uh, which is a fabulous uh series uh, put out by Ray Palmer and Richard Shaver. Uh, actually, when, when the Palmer sold Palmer Press, the people that bought it turned it into a, uh, a publishing company for, for cookbooks. This is all from talk for Marjorie Palmer. And uh, they, they had all the originals stored in the basement of the, the Palmer Press. And the lady that was the owner of the new Palmer Press that bought the Palmer Press threw them out because she didn't like the the pictures on the cover. Well, uh, our good friend uh, Timothy Green Beckley, who will be bringing a new show to our network in February, uh, Conspiracy Journal TV International, he happened to have gotten a hold of a full set, and he's now publishing them one by one. So they're cool. available. Yeah, yeah, he's gotten up to number six, and I wrote the forward for him for number six. And uh, if I remember right, there's uh, 15 or 16 of them. But uh, everybody knows he's going to have a great show, great show. I mean, he's been putting out Conspiracy Journal for years, one of the most popular uh, paranormal magazines. And you get it free on the Internet. I don't have the the uh, exact thing in front of me. But when these guys are talking next, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up and put it in the chat room. But uh, you get it free in your mailbox. And, and this guy, he's published uh, over 250 books. And what his main thing is, is finding the old books and republishing them so they don't get lost. So we're going to be really happy. We're going to be really happy to welcome him to our network here on the Soup Media yes, Network. So you guys now, talk, he's gonna, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a member of PSN Radio or Inception Radio. Which one? PSN. He's he's PSN. Uh, awesome. Yeah, he's gonna be PSN, and we'll have to set him up for the time. He's found a co-host in England. It's gonna be an international show. They're gonna bring uh, guests from all over the world, and uh, and he knows everybody. He at fourteen years old, he ran away from home, and, or, or I don't know whether he ran away from home, but he hitchhiked to. Uh, uh, to sit on Palmer's porch and talk to him, and he's known everybody that has anything to do with UFOs and paranormal back in the old days. So 
he's going to be a great addition. Uh, he was he was he was even he was even he was even a guest he was even a guest on the Long John Denver show back in the day. Oh, was he really? Oh, yeah, very often. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. that's cool. See, that kind of makes me feel bad because when I was fourteen and I ran away from home, I just ran away to go buy some comic books, and I was like, <laughs> hanging out at the mall, and I was like, "Screw my parents, man! <laughs> Hang out here all week and just I'm gonna sleep at the mall. On six, I'll show yeah. them on six dollars thirty eight cents. Yeah, well, it didn't take. I wish I had. I wish I had six dollars and thirty eight cents. It was more like three dollars and twenty. And you could get. I mean, you could get a. You know, you could get a uh, hot dog for a dime. I mean, what the hell? You know. So oh, I, I, I spend those that, are, I would spend that money on comic books at that time. Uh, for those that aren't in the chat room, uh, to to get your uh, to go see uh, conspiracy journal and then to sign up for the free email, it's. HTTP back or slash slash UFO review dot tripod T R I P O D dot com dash index dot HTML. And I'm going to post it in the chat room for those of you that are in the chat room. All right. And we'll come back and talk about that a little more after break. Okay. That sounds like Imagine a plan. You're no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Mental disorders are common in the United States and internationally. An estimate 26.2% of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from some sort of mental illness. Now this figure translates to 57.7 million people who suffer from some sort of mental breakdown. If you find yourself laying in bed on a Saturday or Sunday night hearing voices while you're trying to sleep, well it might not be that demonic being from another dimension trying to kill you where you sleep. It might just be your mental illness starting to kick in. So if you're out of meds for the night, then I have just a thing. Come listen to my show, The Jackal's Head, on the Super Media Network. You can check out our Listen Live page only on www.psn-radio.com. See you there. This ad has been paid for by The Jackal's Head and the War on Terror. War. Hey guys, it's fantastic. Tell you about Inception Radio. We have teamed up with the Soup Media Network, and we are one. Come check out InceptionRadio.com. We have many shows. My show, Inception Radio, is live Tuesdays and Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. But we have many other great shows like Jerry Pippen, Future Theater, UFO Traffic Report, Paranormal Guys Radio, Freethinker with Tom Donahue, and more to come. After the first of the year. InceptionRadio.com. Come check it out. And remember to listen to Skywatchers Radio Wednesday nights, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on the Soup Media Network. For Inception Radio, this is Jamie Havigan. I'm out of here. Mental disorders are common in the United States and internationally. An estimate 26.2% of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from some sort of mental illness. Now this figure translates to 57.7 million people who suffer from some sort of mental breakdown. If you find yourself laying in bed on a Saturday or Sunday night hearing voices while you're trying to sleep, well it might not be that demonic being from another dimension trying to kill you where you sleep might just be your mental illness starting to kick in. So if you're out of meds for the night, then I have just a thing. Come listen to my show, The Jackal's Head, on the Super Media Network. You can check out our Listen Live page only on www.psn-radio.com. See you there. This ad has been paid for by The Jackal's Head and the War on Terror. War. It's fantastic. Here's a riddle for you. 
What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Adventures in time and space, transcribed in future tense. The powwow. Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two. X minus one. Disorder never sounded so good. From the far horizons of the unknown come tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future. Adventures in which you'll live in a million could be years on a thousand maybe worlds. Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine presents The Powwow. Weekends at 12, only on SoFloRadio.com. in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Are we ready to blast off? Ignition. Full track. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because some people out there in our nation don't have maps and I believe that our education, like such as in South Africa and the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so we will be able to build up our future. We're back on Skywatchers Radio here on PSN Radio, the Soup Media Network. Welcome back, everybody. And me, myself, Angel, along with Dennis and Rick, are joined by good friend Joe, who's from the chat room. Hey, Joe, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I know something about tonight? these guys. What Go happened? Say, say See, we all want to talk at once, too. One, Go ahead, one Joe. One at a time, guys. Go ahead, Go ahead Joe. Joe. Uh, I just want to say, you know, I know a few things about you guys, and I know that most of you collect books like I do, and you can't give them up. But it's a problem, you know. I, I <clears throat> the closest thing I've seen to to a solution is uh, putting the books on one of those used book things, and uh, 
letting them go to other readers, but I just can't bring myself to do it. I don't know. Well, I'm 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 beginning. I've I've got plans to travel pretty soon, as everybody knows, and take unraveling the secrets on the road. So I'm going to start putting mine on eBay uh, real soon. I don't know how to work eBay, but I'm going to learn. And I'm just going to put them on there. And, and like you say, they'll go to other readers because at our age, we don't need books, you know, that bad. Uh, we were talking on the break about books. I've got my first book ever that I ever bought right here. It's, uh, it's Reminiscence of the Cuban Revolutionary War by Pantrevera. And I'll be using it as research in a book that that Rick uh, uh, and Jack and I are writing. But I bought it in 1968, so I know what I you're just, talking about. I, I just don't know how you're going to be able to give them up. I, you know, every time I no, get it, I made, no, I, I made my mind. I made my mind up. I've hauled them around. I've hauled them to California. I've hauled them to Alaska. And I brought them back to Florida, and they kept growing and growing. I haven't really bought any books except for some that I find at the dollar store that I read and give away automatically as soon as I read them. But uh, no, there's younger people that that, that are really appreciate getting them. And you got to think that way. Uh, you know, we, we know that we're not going to live as long in the future as we have in the past. And so, uh, you know, uh, it, it would be, you know, most a lot of these books, uh, or out of print and uh, were small run books and start with. So <laughs> we need to get them to the people who will appreciate them. And those that, that, that buy them will appreciate them or they won't buy them. So you just got to get it out of your head that you don't need them. You've read them. You know, if there's any you want to reread, I've been doing that since I retired for two years ago and I'll put them on. And if there's something I want to reread, I'll reread it just before I put them on. But uh, you, you're just going to have to make yourself do it. I know how it is. We're well, all, I, I, we're, I read we're, about Thomas Jefferson had to sell his personal library because he was bankrupt. And uh, uh, they said that uh, he got an, some money for the library uh, that he sold, and he ended up buying books all back. You know, he tried <laughs> to uh, uh, Well, I, he also donated he also donated a great deal of his library to the Library of Congress after the War of 1812 and the British burned it down. Yeah, and there was a university too, but he, like he was, as much as he tried to get rid of his books, he, he kind of got them back in some, in some way. But Joe, we've got a modern society. Get rid of your books, buy you one of the uh, readers, and uh, you know that's all you need, you know. And you uh, can get yeah, the it sounds it sounds great, but uh, you ever, you know, just take one of your books and take it out to the garbage can and throw it in and see how if it stays. Uh, I, there. I, I won't do that because I won't throw away books, but I will put them on eBay for other people <laughs> to enjoy. Right, you won't. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Anyway, well, I, I enjoy my books like I enjoy my DVDs, except I can't, you know, reread them as quickly as I can rewatch a DVD. Movie. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> you never reread them. And, if, and, and, if you have a big uh, recorded library or any of that stuff, you'll never go back over it all. But oh, yeah. If, I if you're a collector, you can't give it up. I disagree you know with that. that? But, but I only don't, I don't only have books, but I've got. CDs, I've got records, I've got 2,500 LPs, I've got uh, videos, I've probably got 1,000 DVDs, and, and la just two months ago, I took all my uh, uh, VCRs and threw them in the trash, just two months ago, so I, I'm going to get rid of my stuff. I'll tell you what, though, you know what's kind of scary, though, Dennis? A, a lot of kids today, you know, they don't know about a book unless it's been made into a movie, and that's really depressing me. Uh, my nephew had, had this conversation with me the other day. He was going through my book collection, and he's like, man, I've never heard of any of these books. And I'm like, don't you read, you know, you want to read one? And he goes, no, is there a movie made out of, out of this one? I'll just yeah, watch the movie. I know. Are you serious? Yeah. I know. Read I the know. book, man. The book is usually better than the movie anyway. But it's sad. you know, Always. Unless there's a movie it's made. Always yeah, better almost, than the movie. 
about about ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time. Yeah, it's it's better than the, than the movie itself. But it's sad that kids nowadays are you know growing up so entitled with the fact that everything gets made into movies that they they don't even have you know the the urge to read a book anymore. Just read the damn book; you'll like it better. You know, and part even of the conversation comic books was, are gonna in yeah. five ten years. Even comic books will be non-existent. It'll all be short DVDs or whatever. Yeah, yeah DVDs will be yeah, motion I mean, comics. DVDs are, exactly, or yeah. else, uh, you know, the like I said, the readers are now going to have that. They've all got the going to have the capacity to read a book or watch a DVD. But I know what you mean about people. You know, they'll look at my come in uh, d- different people and they'll start looking through my library and they'll go, "Wow, this was made into a movie. This was made into a movie." You know. That's the only ones they care about. And the other ones, yeah. you know, I've got books from the 1800s that are just fabulous reading. And people don't know how good it is to read those old books where they really do how to write. They do how to describe things. And, and it's, just, exactly. it's, just, it's a shame. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of reading, and we've just got a few more minutes. Speaking of reading, I want to get your guys' take on the fact that they're taking uh, – uh, uh, Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Fred and taking the N word out. What do you guys think about that? I am appalled. Me I too. am appalled. <laughs> I am too. I am too. You know, it would be no, like, okay, okay, I wrote a book. I wrote a book. Let's say in the future they decide that it, they find out what MB gas is, but they don't want anybody to know about it. So they remove MB gas from my book. I wrote the damn thing. I want that left in there. Those books were written in the 1800s, you know. Uh, now, that word, my question that is, word, though, are they going to replace it with another word, or yeah, yeah, they replaced be... it with they replaced it with the word slave. Okay. If I was if I was black, I would but I would cringe at slave more than nigger. Yeah, yeah no kid. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah, fact, Joe. Thank yeah. you for dropping the N word here on the show, uh, which is well, not hey, on the network. It's in the book. He can get away with it that one time. We won't have it again. But, it, it, but here's here's my here's my take on this. Look, th- that word first of all it does not mean slave in the dictionary. That's the first thing. Yeah, so right. By the fact that they put that in there as translation, you know, or you know, the replacement being slave, I have an issue with that to begin with. You know, it, look, literary, yeah. literary. Anytime you replace anything that is on a piece of work that has been over a hundred years out, I have an issue with it. Uh, personally, you're you're, you're yeah, pretty it's, much it's, you're, you're shitting on a classic piece of art. That's basically it, right. It, and, it, and, you're changing, changing, and you're changing the meaning of the word. You're changing exactly. the meaning of the word. And of the word as it is, but you know. And, 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 and the other ago, other point. Uh, another point is that in the book. Jim himself doesn't get upset with the word, you know, and we've heard, right. you know, so why in the world, you know, like you said, Jackal, you hit, you hit it on the nail on the head. The word slave does not mean the N word. So therefore it's degrading black people more. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, for, for those of you who don't believe me, look it up. Check it out on Google. Look at the official definition for the N word. And also, yeah, actually, it has nothing the, to do with slave. It has nothing to do with black people. It has to do with ignorance. It's a the, the definition is, is the, like a red herring because it's whether you know it's how it's meant when it's used. Plus, I think right. uh, I think the, the word was sort of a perversion of Negro. Uh, no, actually, that's not was, where it comes from. That's not, not no. the origin of the word. No? The origin of the word is the German word "neger." Right. Which meant yeah. plowman, meant meant farmhand. That's oh, what it meant. Really? Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, and, and Schwarzenegger is, translated directly is black plowman or black farm worker. And the whole and the bottom <laughs> line of it all before we, we only have a couple of minutes, the bottom line of it all is if they change that word, what do they change next? Do they take constitution out of the uh, the, yeah. the work, books that are written or they or do they take uh uh, uh, free, freeman or whatever, you know. What do they change next? You know, it's all censorship, and it is illegal in our country. Well, it should be yeah. illegal in every country, but uh, you know, censorship or non-censorship, uh, it's still, you know, it is a dirty word and uh, really a messed up word as it is. A word that's brought a lot of people a lot of pain throughout history. So, 
You know, I'm, I'm on the fence on this one. Reasons, well, though. well, yeah, but still, it, it, the connotation of using that word, it's still a painful, you know, memory for a lot of... And, and, that's, all, and, that's, that's, and that's, that's only because they don't know the meaning of the word. Because they have used that word to separate people. Yep, and and by changing the word in a classic book that has been required reading for over a hundred years, they are taking the same people, and and they're they're changing uh, the whole meaning of, of of that word. If somebody reads that book a hundred years from now and reads slave and don't read the the uh, definition of slave, they're getting the whole idea wrong. It's censorship. Censorship is illegal in this country, and I say no. I concur. And with that, guys, we're out of time, and we'll leave you with that thought that censorship is wrong. So uh, there, there you go. We'll be back next week on Wednesday at 11 o'clock here on Skywatchers Radio. Real quick, Dennis, Rick, what do you guys have coming up on uh, Unraveling the Secrets this weekend? Oh, man. This, oh, wow. This, this, this is the one I've been waiting for since the day we started it. We've got Tom Donahue. He can be heard the here on the, yeah, he can be heard right here on PSN-Radio.com, uh, seven days a week from two to four in the afternoon. He he was one of the first to spread the word about the uh, the, the way the government is and, and the new world order and that way back in the 80s. And he woke so many people up. They put they threw him in prison for ten years as a political prisoner in our country, and he will be telling his story tonight. He doesn't tell his story on Not his tonight. show because... Saturday night. A Saturday night. He doesn't tell his story on his show uh, because he's he, 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 future-thinking, but he will be telling it Saturday night at midnight Eastern time right here. You guys want to hear this because this is the true story of a man who was a political prisoner for putting out the word of the New World Order, the Federal Reserve, etc. Yep. There you go. And then Sunday and we I, have. Oh, right. Sunday we have the peak experience, beginning at noon. Ah, that's right. Yeah, that's at noon on Sunday afternoon. Now is uh, is Anthony Peake going to have a guest on this week, or what's uh, what's yes, the topic the, for the show? The guest is Robert Bruce, and he will be joining us from Australia. And it'll be early cool. in the morning this time. It'll actually be Monday for him. And but, this, is uh, the, this is the first time we're turning the show over to him. We'll be there, but he, it is now known as the Peak Experience because he does such a wonderful job. He was just part of Unraveling the Secrets. Now it's becoming the Peak Experience. So it's a totally new show here. Second, second Sunday of each and every month, it's the Peak Experience. That's right. There you go, guys. And uh, I got Jeff Balky coming up on Saturday on uh, the Jackal's Head. So, guys, look out for that. He's a comic book artist, colorist, really cool guy. You guys are going to enjoy whoever is into comic books. Anyway, we'll have a good time listening to Jeff Balky. So, guys, we're out of time on Skywatchers Radio. So, until next time, we'll catch you right here on PSN-Radio.com. The Jackal's Head is at 10 o'clock. Don't forget, 10 o'clock Saturday and Sunday. So, look out for that. Peace, everybody.
on payday, Mr. Goodbye wanted a bit of honey. So he took Miss Hershey behind the pie house on the corner of Fifth Avenue and Clark Street. He began to feel her mounds as his butterfingers went up her kick-head and goes the Milky Way. She screamed, oh, Henry, I'm forever yours. And she squeezed his Peter Ball and caressed his Zagnuts. His Hershey said, you're even better than the three Musketeers. Soon she was a bit chunky and she gave birth to a baby root. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com The Gay James Bond is back. Brown finger He's the one The one with the stinky finger The Gay James Bond excited you in The Guy Who Loved Me From Russell With Love Dr. Yes Thunderballs Octopenis And Never Say Never to Rear End Call me Susan St. James Bond, maybe Now The Gay Bond is back In Brown Finger from behind again, oh, oh, seven inches. I can smell evil, and I know you are the butt of all evil, Blowfella. Let me just put this on the stereo, Mr. Bond. Oh, you know I can't resist, Judy Garland. I can't fight you, Blowfella. This music, it's entrancing. Do you feel like dancing? Let me call in my evil henchman, Handjob. Oh, you wanted to see me, Mr. Brofera. A spank, Mr. Bond. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Oh, clever Blowfella. Get me to fall in love and I'll spill the beans. Not this time, Mr. Bond. S&M gave me those exploding anal beads. Now, if I could just get him into bed. Mr. Bond, Mr. Bond, I see the spanking had no effect. I have something that will scare you into submission. Not pussy no more. Oh, no. We got rid of that fish. Remember the guy with the sharp pointed metal teeth? Jaws? Yes, Jaws. What are you thinking, Blowfella? Bring in Jaws and bring in the knee pads. No! Brown finger. He's the one, the one with the stinky finger. The gay James Bond returns in Brown Finger. Coming soon. Mental disorders are common in the United States and internationally. An estimate 26.2% of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from some sort of mental illness. Now this figure translates to 57.7 million people who suffer from some sort of mental breakdown. If you find yourself laying in bed on a Saturday or Sunday night 